everyone. You're listening to Save Me an Isle Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hello. Also joining us is our musical newbie, Matt. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> that was fine. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> On this week's episode, we are going over Bonnie and Clyde. It's a historical fiction based around the life of the infamous outlaws and their romance. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. And we are going over the Broadway cast recording, which I believe is the only one available, but it's on our Spotify, which will be linked in the show notes as always. I do recommend this one. It's a lot of fun. This show is also mama friendly. This is also one of those shows where you don't get the full story from just listening to the music. So we definitely recommend listening along with us so you get all the details. But it is very interesting. Did any of you guys get the chance to listen to it? No. I have not. No. I'm it sorry. is good. Do recommend. I've heard bits here and there, but I haven't, like, sat and listened all the way through. Which surprises me, because it's got your boy in it. I know. Jeremy Jordan? My love. So a bit of background about the show. So Frank Wildhorn got in touch with Don Black about creating a song cycle based on the story of Bonnie and Clyde. And fun fact about them, they had previously collaborated on Dracula the Musical, which we will be covering at a later date. They released a 13-track demo recording. And five of these songs are actually still in the musical, but they are heavily altered by this point in time. The music contains elements of country, western, blues, and Broadway pop. And Wildhorn described the music as a non-traditional score combining rockabilly, blues, and gospel music. Which, yes it does. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I enjoyed listening to it. In February 2009, there was an industry-only reading at the Roundabout Theater Company. It had its first world premiere at the La Jolla Playhouse in San Diego. Previews began on November 10th, 2009, and opening night was on November 22nd. It closed on December 20th after 15 previews and 33 regular performances. It starred Laura Osnes, Mark Sands, Melissa Vanderschiff, and Claiborne Elder. It won five major San Diego Theater Critics Circle Awards in 2009, so that's pretty great. It then ran at the Asolo Repertory Theater in Sarasota, Florida. Previews began on November 12, 2010, and it opened on November 19th. It then closed a month later on December 19th after eight previews and 36 regular performances. And the show saw Jeremy Jordan, my love, stepping in as Clyde. <laughs> it's fine. We're meant to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. He just doesn't know it yet. It's fine. <laughs> Uh-huh. They still have to have their meat cute. Yeah, it'll happen someday. So it debuted on Broadway a year later. Previews began on November 4th, 2011 at the Gerald Schoenfield Theater. It opened on December 1st and closed on December 30th after 33 previews and 36 regular performances. It did cite slow ticket sales for its short run, which, okay. Yeah, seems like it's had a bunch of small bursts as far as performances yeah. go. And then this Broadway run saw Osnes and Jordan reprising their main roles. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think the clips that I have seen of this one is the two of them together and they're really good. So they, yeah, they are, they are a nice pairing. Yeah. The show made an appearance off West End at the other Palace Theater in London. It opened on June 26th, 2017 and closed on July 1st. The show also has had some international showings. So they've been to Japan, Korea, Germany, Ireland, the Czech Republic, Canada, Belgium, and Sweden. And fun factoid for you guys. The first North American regional production was held at the Aquinas Institute, Thomas F. Bell Auditorium, which was here in St. Louis in 2014. Wow. Which I actually drove past just the other day. 
So just a little bit of background for it. Um, and I don't really know why it didn't particularly succeed. Like the music is really fun. And I think, I think because like the storytelling is a little different, I know that they make use of a lot of um, projector screens, like to do a lot of the extra action, Mm -hmm. but they do have like real blood and shootouts and on stage and stuff. So I don't know. Sounds pretty cool to me. Real blood? Yes. Splash that. <laughs> this one has a splash that. Like actual people blood? <laughs> wow. They, they have fake blood, Kylie. Come on. Yeah. To mm-hmm. be a member of the cast, you have to donate a pint of your own blood. Yeah. You know, every show they do, someone gets shot and it's part of the show. It's fine. Yeah. They gotta make their sacrifice to the theater gods. Yeah. It's in their contract. Blood for the blood gods. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So it's just a little bit of short background there for you. But yeah. Interesting. So how about we go ahead and hop into our act one. So we open up with the song Prologue, and it starts off with a bang. We're opening up on Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow sitting in a car already dead. Wow. Whoop. Oh, show. Short, the end, guys. We're leaving. <laughs> Good show, guys. We'll uh, catch you later. <laughs> we then, of course, rewind time a bit to go back to like how they got to this point, where we see Bonnie as a 20-year-old diner waitress in Depression-era West Texas, where she is dreaming of a life in the movies, and also her younger self is on stage singing at the same time about their, you know, their dream, which is kind of kind of cool. We also have young Clyde, who sings about his dream to become a criminal. Goals. Hey, at least he knows what he wants. He literally cites like Al Capone. He's like, I'm gonna be bigger than Al Capone. He's like my biggest hero. I'm like, my dude, relax. At the same time, he's singing about becoming a criminal. Adult Clyde is actually, you know, doing that, and he's being sentenced to jail for a robbery with his brother Buck. And this all takes place in the song Picture Show. The Rocky Horror Picture Show? <laughs> <laughs> Clyde Barrow, who has just broken out of prison with his brother, runs into Bonnie on the side of the road. She had, you know, trouble with her car. They have an instant connection as he repairs her car in exchange for a lift to Dallas. And the song is This World Will Remember Me. Um, this is probably my favorite song. It's really cool. Meanwhile, Blanche Barrow urges her husband, Buck, to turn himself in and set things right with the Lord and the law. And she does this by, she tries to get some backup for some of the girls at the salon that she's at. But they all rave about how they love that their husbands are in jail, which Buck doesn't really appreciate. (laughs) In the song, you're going back to jail. Interesting. Yeah. It's a very comedic song. Because she's like, you got to make things right and listen to these women. Their husbands have been jailed for a while. And the girls are like, yeah, we love it. (laughs) (laughs) And Blanche is like, I swear I'm not going to be like that. I promise I'll miss you. (laughs) Sometimes. Yeah, maybe. Right. (laughs) So Bonnie spends many days with Clyde. She tells him of her dreams to become an actress, a poet, a singer. Clyde convinces her to sing him a song, which is called How About a Dance? So he assures her that that, that together they'll both make their dreams come true. <sighs> Yay! <laughs> so the two go and visit Buck. Clyde is overjoyed to see his brother again, and they talk about driving away from Dallas in the latest Ford, which is said to go 60 miles an hour. <gasps> Oh my goodness. I caramba. So fast. <laughs> in the song, When I Drive. They get the zoomies. When Clyde learns of Buck's plans to turn himself in, he's against it and leaves angrily. Clyde is eventually caught by Ted, who's a deputy, and the other authorities during a crime spree, while Buck turns himself in. In the song, God's arms are always open. While in the jailhouse, Ted and Clyde reflect on their love for Bonnie in the song, You Can Do Better Than Him. <laughs> Oof. All right. Bonnie professes her love for Clyde, and Blanche does the same for Buck in the song You Love Who You Love. Aww. Aww. Buck is released quickly, probably because he turned himself in, but Clyde receives a harsher jail sentence. And in jail, he suffers continuous physical and sexual assault, 
which unfortunately is a common problem in the jail system. But Mm -hmm. at the peak of his abuse, Clyde turns to a makeshift weapon and performs his first murder in the song Raise a Little Hell. Also a fantastic song. You mean a lot of hell. (laughs) That's a, yeah, that's a lot of hell. Killing somebody. Yep. Drop a couple bodies. Clyde convinces Bonnie to smuggle a gun into his cell, and then he uses that to break out of prison again, this time killing a deputy. Whoops. I hope it wasn't Ted. Not, no, it definitely wasn't Ted. And the song is, This World Will Remember Us. Doesn't he know you don't shoot the deputy, you shoot the sheriff? Yeah. Yeah. They made a whole song about that. A whole darn song. But yeah, with that murder, we're in intermission. <laughs> ah. Quick. With one quick stabby stab, or, well, and a stab and a, and a pew pew. We are into our intermission. Do, 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 do. Wow. Yeah, so I know it's a little shorter of a, of a first act, but how do we feel about it? Pew, pew. Wow. <laughs> yeah, just a lot happening very, very quickly. I like that it's just chaos from the start. Yeah. They just speed up their story for sure. I mean, like, in actuality, like, they were on the run for, you know, long. Uh-huh. Like, their story is a very long story, so. Yeah, which is, which is something I, I will point out. This is why I stated in the beginning it's a historical fiction, is because it doesn't, it it definitely accentuates their romance for each other and kind of downplays what all shenanigans they got up to. And so it's definitely more of a fanciful version of their romance. So just keep uh-huh. that in mind. It's a very, you know, it's a very fun story. It's a very good musical, but does not follow, you know, accurately what happened with them. So yeah, just keep that in mind. No more thoughts? <laughs> no. Yeah, there's not really a whole, whole lot to, to go off of. Yeah. That's true. Okay, so, theater fact. Kylie, go. Well, pow. A fact about the pair, Bonnie and Clyde were buried separately. Bonnie's mother, who had always disapproved of their relationship, had Bonnie buried in a separate Dallas cemetery. Clyde was buried next to his brother Marvin. Yep, rough. <laughs> And for your theater fact, in 1935, the Federal Theater Project was founded as a part of President Roosevelt's New Deal. It was made to primarily help out-of-work actors and theater professionals. It did this by funding theater projects across the country. It also sought to bring relevant art in the form of theater to all Americans. The funding for the project was cut only four years later in 1939 after rubbing people the wrong way by focusing too hard on social and political issues as opposed to strictly entertainment. Yeah. What the heck? Weird. Yeah, so I found this fact. I was looking up how theater was during the Great Depression and like kind of how they handled that. And this fact kind of stood out to me because it was, it was interesting that they had this, they basically had government funding to go put on shows wherever, but they decided to make it very, very political and, you know, people don't go to the theater to be reminded of politics, usually. Mm-hmm. No. They, they kind of, like, messed up their opportunity to bring joy across the land, as it were. Because it's probably considered propaganda. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's how bad it got. Like, people in Congress were even like, hey, yo, s- slow down. <laughs> hey, let's take it easy over yeah, there. Yeah, a lot of the media was against it, too, because, you know, they didn't feel like money should be going to something that was just going to be about politics anyway. They, got, they were a little too gung-ho about it. But interesting, anyway. So a couple little little things before we jump into Act 2. We want to say thanks for helping us get to 3,100 downloads, you guys. Woo-hoo. It is super exciting. We are still climbing up in those numbers, and we appreciate all the help that you guys give us to get to our goals. It's super nice of you. Yeah. Also, a fun thing, if you uh, want to get more of us, because I think we're pretty great, you should go to our Instagram, which is at Save Me an ILC. 
and we have a lot of fun little videos and things that we do on our daily basis, including our recent IKEA trip, which I loved that video. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Shenanigans definitely didn't ensue. Yeah, Amber's been working really hard about our social media, so I, I guarantee you'll enjoy some of the things we post on there. So go ahead and check us out there. If you want more from us in terms of work stuff, you can go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. That includes other shows that we have and future projects and all that fun stuff, including our merch, which is still super cute. Just saying. <laughs> but I believe that is it for our little plug. So how about we go ahead and jailbreak our way into Act 2? Jailbreak into Act 2. So after Clyde's escape from prison, Bonnie and him begin a life of crime. They start with robbing stores and traveling all around to avoid being caught in the song Made in America. This song is super interesting because it goes into... America made them this way. They would not have been outlaws if they had no other choice kind of thing. So I thought it, it's still relevant uh, today. <laughs> eh, just, just a little, little bit. bit. But during a robbery gone wrong, Clyde shoots another deputy. <sighs> Oops. He's he just hates those guys, huh? Well, apparently there's like a lot of deputies. <laughs> I guess they can't all be sheriffs. Bonnie realizes that Clyde has turned to murder and she kind of wants out of this whole ordeal. She, you know, she was cool with the robbing and stuff, but she still wants to be a movie star. And that can't really happen if they're doing so much crime. But Clyde argues that it's it's kind of too late for that. They're already linked and they're already on this road together. So, yeah. Oops. So the song is Too Late to Turn Back Now. And she, you know, realizes that it's too far from where what she was and she, so she can't go back to her dreams. You're, you're definitely not, uh, you know, in over your heads or in a bad relationship. It's fine. So the two are elevated to folk hero status throughout the country, and officers in every southern state are on the hunt for them. Yikes. Ooh. Clyde sends occasional letters to Buck and Blanche telling them about their adventures. Buck sees the opportunities outside of their current situation and tries to convince Blanche that they should join Clyde and Bonnie. Unsuccessfully, because Blanche uh, is a little smarter than that. And this all takes place in the song, That's What You Call a Dream. The now infamous duo continue on their robbery spree, growing bolder with each one, in the song, What Was Good Enough for You. They graduate from stores to banks. But during an unsuccessful bank robbery, Clyde is shot in the shoulder. (gasps) When Buck hears about his brother's injury, he leaves home with Blanche. Blanche is torn between her love for her husband and what she knows is right. In a hideout, Bonnie and Clyde share a tender moment in the song, Bonnie. However, they are interrupted by Buck at the door, who is with a reluctant Blanche. Had to go check in on his brother. I mean, yeah. Days later, the girls are awaiting their men from a bank robbery where Clyde and Buck sing about their future, and Ted sings about just wanting to rescue Bonnie from this path in the song Raise a Little Hell Reprise. So Blanche questions how Bonnie can live happily with this kind of life, and Bonnie just responds that her and Clyde are the only ones living their life to the fullest. In the song, Dying Ain't So Bad. Buck and Clyde return, and they have a joyful reunion with their partners. However, their reunion is interrupted as they realize they've been followed by the authorities. <gasps> oh no, the Popo. They done hecked up. They done heckered up. A shootout breaks out, and Buck is fatally wounded. Clyde gets Bonnie out, but Blanche, heartbroken, stays with her husband until his dying breath. Aww. And she is arrested for aiding and abetting in the song God's Arms Are Always Open Reprise, which is not on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sucks that she was, like, roped into doing this and she didn't even do anything in this story, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, I was about to say, there's a, there's a lot of people like that in this story. Yeah. Oops. Guilty by association. Mm-hmm. Ted reports back to the sheriff and they set an ambush. He was told of Bonnie and Clyde's whereabouts by Bonnie's mother. 
Wow. Hmm. Sold him out. Family ain't good for nothing. Ted is feeling guilty, but convinces himself he's doing the right thing in the song You Can Do Better Than Him reprise, which is not on the soundtrack. <gasps> oh, did they just stop putting songs on the soundtrack? Like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, nah, we're done. It's too much. This show's got enough. It, <laughs> it, people have the attention spans of squirrels these days. That's fair. So, in the woods on the way back to Dallas, Clyde wonders how he can face his family again after what happened to Buck in the song Picture Show reprise, which, surprise, is not on the soundtrack. Wow. Oh. Like I said, they just decided they were done. <laughs> Bonnie tells him it wasn't his fault, and they both start to realize that they're nearing the end of their journey in the song Dying Ain't So Bad reprise slash How About a Dance reprise. This one is on the soundtrack. <laughs> wow. Surprise. Oh my God. They were like, how about one more? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the kind of like... Oh, God, we're about to die song. So, yeah. Yeah. So then on May 23rd, 1934, on a rural Louisiana road, Bonnie and Clyde are ambushed and killed. Bum, bum, bum. That's the end. And that is the story of Bonnie and Clyde in musical sh- in musical format. Yeah, that's the fictional version of Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> the fictional. Yeah. Which is more or less just like the abridged version. Yeah. It's the abridged and fanciful version of their journey. So that is the show, though. So how do we feel about this version of their story? It's okay. I mean... Short? Yeah, like Matt was saying, like, there's just so much more to their story that is not really covered here. Like, not that that's a bad thing. I don't think we have to go through all the murders and stuff in musical form. But, like, why was it a musical to begin with, I guess? If it's, I mean, such a terrible part of history... And, like, not really something you should romanticize, and also not a happy ending, so there's that. I mean, it's a, it was a happy ending for some people. I mean, yes. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like the bad guys kind of got what you had coming to them, so in a way it is kind of a victory. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, the problem with the Bonnie and Clyde story is a lot of people do this, is they, you mm-hmm. know, make it fanciful, and they make it romantic, and yeah. they cut out a lot of the story. It's... So unfortunately common. I don't know. It's it's mm-hmm. it's going to be expected at this point. So yeah, the, I mean, this show focused more on who they were as people together as opposed mm-hmm. to how they were as criminals. Which yeah, yeah. but they're still well, yeah, criminals. That's, that's kind of the thing. Like this is making them out as yes, they did criminal things, but like aren't they so cute together? They're just real people. They were young and in love. Right, so it's almost like apologizing for their actions. And they're like, they're the protagonists of the show, honestly. So that's why I'm like, technically, even though it's like a good ending Mm -hmm. because they got what was coming to them, it's still like not a happy ending because the protagonists die. (laughs) Yeah. Usually they don't. Yeah. It's definitely a weird way to think about this one because they're protagonists, but they're bad people. Yes. Yeah. So, so historical accuracy and story wise, not the greatest, but the music, I gotta say, pretty dope. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to give it a listen. Sounds like it, it carries a lot of the show. Yeah, like I, I definitely enjoyed it, and I will probably listen to it again. And if it comes back around, which I doubt it will, I would go see it. You know, it's it's one of those, I'm curious how it presents itself on stage, because the tiny bits I saw like kind of made sense, but I'm curious to see how it actually plays out. One thing I thought, one, one of the scenes I did actually catch was their, their, like, final scene, and they're getting into the car, and they're like, yeah, this is probably gonna be the end or whatever, and then the screens around them, like, show the newspaper clippings of their gunning down of the next day, and I was like, that's really neat kind of 
foreshadowing and without mm-hmm. actually showing them getting shot to death. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was interesting. Well, yeah, and I mean, they didn't, like, they didn't just get shot to death. Like, they got mutilated. <laughs> Destroyed. Like, hundred-something, yeah. it was, like, a, a hundred and twenty like rounds. dozens of bullets went in both of them. Yeah. Like, they made sure they were dead. Yeah. I know it seems ridiculous, but I think at this point in their story, they had escaped, like, four or five times. Mm-hmm. Being shot, like, a couple times. The, the level of things they got away with is, like... Almost like Looney Tunes cartoon, like, yeah. level of stuff. So they were probably just sick yeah. and tired of it. And we're just like, we're putting them down. Yeah. Oh, guess how many toes Clyde had by the time he died? Two? Three. He had eight toes. Oh. He chopped two of them what? off himself in yeah, prison. Yeah, why? Why? Because he thought it would, like, get him a lighter sentence. How does that make sense? Uh Huh. What a yeah, you gotta understand, like, he was going through a lot of, like, abuse, and so he was, like, desperate to get out. But the, the stinger was, uh, he was released from jail six days later. <laughs> it had nothing to do with him jumping Jeez. off his toe. Big commitment, but he walked with a limp for the rest of his life, obviously. Okay. Apparently, what a dummy. you can see their mm-hmm. death car at a casino in Nevada. What the frick? <laughs> so we, we could go see it if we want. Interesting. Also, Bonnie had a limp as well. Because part of her leg was eaten away with battery acid. Oh. Oh. Yes. All the way through to the bone. <laughs> Gross. Oh. Jesus. Yeah, they got in a car accident running from the law. And it was so bad, like, she either, either had to hop or Clyde had to carry her a lot of places. Yeah, so fun. That doesn't give you away at all. No. So yeah, there's a lot of fun things about that. And if you want more facts and stuff about Bonnie and Clyde. I am including some links to some interesting articles and uh, our blog post for this week, which again, you can go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com and you can go find the posts under Saving Nail Seat. I'll have some fun factoids for you there. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, does anyone else have any more thoughts about this show? It's interesting. Mm. I said my pieces. Mm-hmm. Definitely interesting. Of course, as always, listen to mm-hmm. it. Make your own assumptions. If you've seen it, let us know, because um, there weren't that many you know, performances, so we're curious. But yeah, thanks so much for listening into this episode, you guys. Yeah. Be sure to like and subscribe to us wherever you are listening to podcasts. This helps ensure that you'll get our episodes as soon as they are posted. And, you know, it's just really cool if you do it, and you'll be a part of a cool club Heck yeah. that <laughs> I'm forming. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Mass Subscription Club. Well, then. If you are on Apple, please leave us a five-star review. It helps boost us up in the numbers, and you can join Matt's special club. Actually, I think it's your <laughs> special club. You'd you're be in a special Apple, Apple club. We all know how Apple people feel about Apple products. It's a cult. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, uh, the best club to join is ours, just in general, because the best way to help us is through word of mouth. So just tell your friends and your family and your coworkers. And any criminals you met. <laughs> Yeah, whoever you're robbing a bank with this week, don't involve us, but you can tell yeah. them about us so we can get a wider audience. <laughs> tell the prisoners. Yeah, if you're in jail, you know, hook us up <laughs> with new new listeners, I guess. I guess. Just don't kill the Debbie. Yeah, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Or the sheriff, you'll extend your, your stay. Yeah, don't chop off any toes either. It's not worth it. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it just really helps us. That's the best way to organically help us grow is, you know, telling your friends and family and stuff like that. Because... You know, a recommendation from a friend is the best way to get to new products. True. Dun, dun, dun. Very true. 
So obviously we're pretty cool and I swear we're not criminals. Well, shh, don't tell anyone. We, we <laughs> swear we're not criminals. So you should totally chat with us. You can do that pretty much all over the internet. So you can email us at savemanowseat at gmail.com. But you can also find us on Twitter at Save an Seat. You can find us on Facebook at Save Me an Seat. You can find us on Instagram, like Katie mentioned earlier, at Save Me an Seat. We have a lot of fun there. And we are also on YouTube under the Ragtech Network. Woo! If you want to recommend any shows to us, the best way to do that is through our email, but you can tweet at us if you'd like to. We do have a show recommendation coming up in a couple weeks, and we are excited to bring that to you. I'm not going to spoil it. We will talk about that more when it comes up, but we do, we were recommended a show and we're excited to put that into our roster. So if you would like to hear your favorite show, let us know and we'll hook you up. But to keep updated on everything that we do, go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. You can also see our merch by adding a slash merch onto the end of that. We got some cool designs and our website is just the best way to, yeah, just keep touch with all our workings and our other shows and things like that. Indeed. I think that's all we have for you guys this week. So thanks again for tuning into this episode of Save Me Now Seat. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of Save Me an Aisle Seat. We do this show for fun, but if you'd like to support us, you can check out our Ko-Fi at www.ko-fi.com slash ragtagnetwork. For more episodes and shows like this, go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. This show is brought to you by the Ragtag Network.